0: Hello and welcome back to Eldritch Girl for the final chapter. After this, there's just one more part, and that is the epilogue. The next thing chronologically to read is the Sussex Fretzel Massacre. If you've already read it and you know, you know. Um, if you haven't, it's available as ebook only at the moment, and it's set in that weird period of British lockdown at Halloween in 2020 where nobody really knew what the rules were cuz they kept changing every week. Um and it's set again in Fairwood. It's a Ricky and Carrie novella. So please do read that um as your next thing and then the next book which will be book 4 if you're still sticking around at that point that will be set after the Sussex Fretzel Massacre, I think. I haven't written it yet, I haven't started it yet, but I want to use Ollie Wilson, who's kind of the outsider point of view character in that novel. So, Ollie, if you haven't met him, is kind of a foil to Theo, I guess. Like, if he and Theo met, they would hate each other on sight. And Ollie has a lot of social anxiety that he deals with through the whole novella. And it's basically Ricky making a friend outside of the family and somebody going, ah, yeah, I kind of want your number, which has never happened to Ricky before in his entire life. Um, so, if you like the sound of that, that is the Sussex Fretzel Massacre. Um, and that is available across all ebook stores. Um, also from my Kofi shop you can grab it if you become a Kofi member you get that one for free you also get the AU novel for free which is where I reimagined The Crows as a kind of gritty contemporary drama with a queer platonic relationship as the central conceit so central plot Um, and it was just like an experiment in how far Ricky could have gone in the other direction if he'd been allowed to be normal (laughs) and he wasn't so traumatized like still traumatized but in a very human ordinary way and what would that look like so that was my experimental novel so if you want to grab that for free you could become a kofi member that's a full 90k novel so uh, that's only available on kofi you can buy it if you don't want to become a member you can just buy it and but members get that and the sussex Fretzel massacre for free and a load of other monthly flash fic as well that's that, that's that big plug that I've done. Content warnings uh, for chapter 21. This is a lot of gore. There is a in this one, and the chapter header, Even Death May Die, is from The Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft, but I think he's quoting something Christian. <laughs> but that's, I, I know that that's not the original, I, I know that. Lovecraft's quoting something else. But um yes, that's the point is it's a call of Cthulhu reference. So thank you to Gemma Dyer for the theme tune. Thank you to Tom Brown for the illustrations. Please commission him, he is an amazing artist. And also commission Gemma. Also check out Gemma's vegan skincare shop, Avalon Alchemy, where you can also buy a number of scented candles, which are amazing and soy and lovely and gorgeous. Highly recommend. Here we go. Chapter 21. Even death may die. 18th of May. Back at Fairwood, once Theo was safe in a deep drugged sleep in a guest room, where they could be sure he wouldn't be getting underfoot or into trouble, Wes got changed in his own designated room and rejoined the remnant of his family. He wasn't expecting a warm reception from his sister, and he didn't get one. Prick, Katie snapped, as soon as he set foot in the kitchen, but it wasn't entirely unaffectionate. He got a hug, too, so he didn't dwell on the mixed messages. "'You could have told me,' Ricky snorted. "'She was good enough to fool you in the dark. That's all we needed.' "'Pair of wankers!' Katie muttered, thinking Ricky meant this for her, throwing herself back into a chair. "'You gave me a fucking heart attack!' Wes played along. It had to look believable. He took a seat and drummed his hands on the table. "'Ointment's all gone, they used it all, and your missus has the jar, so that's done.' "'Cult's gone, your missus killed them, all except the lad upstairs, so that's done. "'Shrines proper smashed, so that's done. "'The only thing left capable of opening a portal is that,' he pointed at the Pendlestone. "'Do we know how many of the family are still alive, or...? "'All the ones at the exile ceremony tonight, but apart from that, not many.' Katie plaited her hair, affecting nonchalance. "'I'd say maybe only a 100 "'They'll breed,' Ricky said grimly, eyes heavy and tired.' The clock said it was 3.30. In his party days, Wes would just be getting started. "'I'll put some coffee on, shall I?' he asked, slapping his knees and getting up. "'She's got instant, that's it,' Ricky gestured to a cupboard. "'Don't drink it, do I? Tea'll do. Black.' "'Fair enough. One black tea. Katie?' "'Coffee, yeah, please.' She rubbed her face and yawned. "'Fuck. Does it matter if we do this tonight or tomorrow?' "'I want it done,' Wes stretched, getting a second wind. "'My glory's properly wearing off, and I need another dose while the severed bits are still fresh.' Ricky paused. "'Maybe you ought to sit this out and leave it to Katie and me. "'No need for you to come through with us.' "'Do I not get to redeem myself?' Wes asked, unable to tell Ricky in front of Katie how seeing him dead had made him feel. "'I helped the Avatar in the warehouse.' "'Power went to my head a bit, that's all.' Katie frowned. "'What do you mean?' "'Nothing,' Wes willed Ricky silently not to explain.' ''I just... I still feel this is all my fault and I want to draw a line. I want to be there when you kill him.'' ''It's not like he's going to fuck us over now he can change temporarily, is it?'' Katie asked. And Wes had to turn around and make the drinks in case she could remember his expression. ''Like, what's he going to do? Bring Grandad through and end the whole world just to get his glory back and rule over absolutely nothing? ''It'll be a wasteland. Everyone will die. There's no point.'' Oh, I don't think it's really about ruling, Ricky said, and Wes glanced over his shoulder to see Ricky looking right at him, chair tipped back on two legs, hands behind his head. I think it's more how the glory makes him feel. Tell him, Katie said to Wes. Nothing could make you feel that good. Let him come. I could really... I kind of want him there. There was a pregnant silence as he got down the mugs to play mother, which he couldn't break. When he turned back around, he knew she was right, and he'd been an absolute cunt for no bloody good reason. Tina was right. Gran had been right. He was selfish. He was intemperate. He was impulsive. He'd never amount to anything. Ricky ought to break him in half the way the Avatar had broken the foreman in the warehouse, and he'd deserve it. "'If you want me, I'm right here,' he said to his sister, and he meant every word, although he didn't know how good his follow-through would be when it came down to it. He looked Ricky in the eye as he set the mugs down. "'Give me a chance to have your back?' "'I did in the warehouse. I did exactly what you told me, "'and then I made sure none got away except that shawl upstairs. Ask her.' His heart seized. "'God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please, let me be there with you.' "'What's going on?' Katie asked, looking between them. "'Nothing,' Ricky said shortly after a pause. "'He's being dramatic. If you want him there, he can be there.' He flashed Wes a dirty look. "'Maybe that circle of yours will give you what you want instead of Grandad, who knows?' Wes sank into his chair with weak relief.' "'You won't regret this. I swear to... I swear... "'Do we have to do all the chanting again?' Katie complained, sipping her coffee. "'I'm so tired.' "'You don't know what tired means,' Wes retorted, seizing a shred of normal conversation. "'Wait until you're knocking on thirty and you pull a muscle in your sleep. "'Anyway, you two have got no stamina. That's your problem.' "'You won't let me go out!' Katie crossed her arms and pouted at him. "'You can't complain I'm tired at three o'clock in the morning "'when you literally never let me go anywhere past midnight.' "'You bet I won't,' was thought, determined to spare her his own litany of mistakes and all the shit that came with them, but masked that with a tight smile. "'Well, when you're living here, you can do what you want.' That was already worrying him, but he contented himself with thinking of all the night spots Pagamon sea had to offer, and how Katie wouldn't be going to any of them. "'She can't go clubbing somewhere everyone thinks she's dead, and he won't take her anywhere.' "'Let's get this over with, shall we?' Ricky turned his attention to Katie. "'You ready, love?' She nodded, but Wes wasn't convinced. You sure? He'd almost gotten used to her looking grown-up and mature, but all of that was gone, and all he saw was a young, worried kid shrinking into herself. Really sure? Katie managed a wobbly smile and straightened her back, the outward air of maturity returning. Wes didn't buy it. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It's all fine. This is like destiny, right? It's all fated, so it doesn't matter. She blew a breath out. We'll go in there and kill him. No more Grandad, no more Apocalypse. Piece of cake. All right, then. Wes wasn't convinced, but now wasn't the time. Whatever gets her there, I guess. Destiny was a slippery beast. If this was anybody else's story, there'd be a mountain full of gold at the end of it, but he was willing to bet in their case they'd get nothing but a face full of ash and the business end of a dragon. For what it's worth, I'll miss you both if he kills you, he said. Katie and Ricky exchanged glances. Right, then. Ricky nodded as if this was decided. He returned to the table with a teapot a cling-filmed piece of a Wend McVeigh and a tub of something homemade. Better finish these biscuits off now, hadn't we? Wes grinned. He took a biscuit as they chanted over the teapot for him, milking the severed glory into it. The words hummed with power in such close proximity to the Pendlestone, Stone, which seemed to be listening and echoing the chant back to them. Wes drank down the tea, convinced it would be more potent here, and let the glory take control. The fever was quicker this time, shorter, harder, faster, and when it broke, he found himself slumped on the table, and hadn't even needed to lie down. "'I'm not sitting on the throne yet,' Katie whispered. "'I'm not ready for that yet. "'If we do this, you might change your mind,' Ricky grinned, but Wes inwardly cringed at the if. "'They couldn't afford to think in ifs, not now. "'They'd just massacred a good chunk of their remaining family and exiled another. "'Everything felt like it was running out.' My turn again? Wes stood and hunkered down by his sister. She shuffled sideways to give him space. Let's bypass the throne for now and go in via my place, shall we? It was easier this time, smoother, like slipping into something slick and green and familiar, coating himself with the energy of it, pulling the dimensions together until they collided and the portal opened. He took a couple of towels with him for when Katie and Ricky changed, and a change of clothes for them both. He was the responsible one, after all. This was his place, and it was different now. Wes entered a circle of burgeoning parasitic plants growing up the monoliths, interlacing and flourishing around the central slabs of altar rock. They were sprouting from the bands of symbols he'd traced, pollinated by his fingertips, released from the rock. Wes crossed the circle to inspect some of the stalks and found they were spongy to the touch, like the stalks of toadstools. Flowers were beginning to bloom, scooped petals lurid, putrid yellow. Wes inhaled the results of his potency and it filled him with heady perfume. "'Oh, my God, what is that?' Katie demanded, muffled, holding her nose. "'It smells like the boys' changing rooms at school.' "'How would you know?' Wes asked, spinning around. Katie rolled her eyes. "'What are they?' Ricky was equally unimpressed. "'We're not here to smell the roses. We need to draw old gaffer out.' "'I can summon anything that's seen me,' Wes said quietly. He had nothing to fear here. The energy of the place raced through his blood, his hairs prickling to attention.' He drew himself up to his full height, shoulders rolled back and smiled at the sky. The ground hummed under his feet. Everything vibrated, resonating and reverberating through his body, and he drew the secrets of the stone circle into himself. The monoliths shook. Wes closed his eyes and focused, reaching into the rock itself, dragging the spores to the surface. The rocks cracked. The air was thick with musk. Every breath he took filled him up with more of himself, but he didn't have a name for it. He didn't need one. The musk had its own texture, filling his nostrils with a peppery heat. He could feel it in his lungs, coating his airways, filling his tear ducts, his throat, his stomach. He didn't know what it was doing, but it was irreversible. He did know that. It was pollinating something already inside him, and he was growing, changing, becoming... Wheres balanced in the centre of a vast web every thread leading back to him. "'He could feel every movement of every trapped soul, betrayed by a single glance, entangled for ever, "'and with no idea they were already his. "'His image was a tiny hole in their mind, "'a doorway for him to open and close at will. "'He could torment them with visions of his own sensuousness, "'the seductive, addictive taboo of his endless possibilities.' He could offer ecstasy at the end of the world, relieve the crushing weight of sanity and responsibility and duty, and beckon them into the freedom of the infinite dance. He could... Hells, bells and buckets of blood, will you get on with it, Wesley? Ricky snapped, breaking his perfect concentration. Wes ground his teeth. You're on hallowed ground, Richard. Mine. Give the boy a cult and he thinks he's bloody Aphrodite, Ricky muttered. Hurry up. "'Anxious to find out whether you die or not?' Wes snapped, losing the threads altogether. Ricky was fidgeting, keyed up in a way Wes hadn't seen for a long time. He glared. "'As it happens, yes. Yeah, I bloody well am. And I want it over, one way or the other.' Wes relented. "'I can't control him,' he said, feeling the shape of their grandsire's mind. "'Not him. He's too... I don't know. It's a texture, not a feeling. I'm not sure how to describe it.' "'No, but you can get him here.' Wes nodded. Katie was silent, hands still cupped around her nose and mouth. Wes sighed. He supposed he should check in with her too, but they were committed now. Asking if she was ready was pointless, since it didn't matter either way. There was probably never a good time to kill your progenitor. He closed his eyes. Grandad was a slick, dense mass, solid as whale blubber, firm, tough and fibrous. Wes pushed through this layer to draw him in and slipped below his surface. He felt Grandad in his head, swelling against the sides of his mind, flayed raw and dripping, sliding into the crevices and from one gap to another. Wes pierced him like uncooked meat, hooked himself in and tugged. Grandad noticed. Wes pinched a flea driving a dog. Grandad shook him off, throwing him back into his own body and leaving him gasping on all fours on the rock. But it was done. Wes picked himself up and dusted his hands off. "'He's coming,' he said. Katie was shivering.' Ricky only nodded, tugging his clothes off with bad grace and leaving them where they fell. He marched out to the edge of the circle, only to be confronted by an impenetrable wall of interlocking fungal stems. Wes was loath to let him pass. For a moment, he almost didn't. This might be the last time he saw his cousin alive, and he didn't know how that was supposed to make him feel or what would happen next. Same for his baby sister. He didn't look at her. She got so embarrassed about him seeing her naked. But this was it. He exhaled and let them go. The stalks untangled enough for Ricky to awkwardly part and make his way between, Katie following. Wes stayed where he could govern the portal, but the stalks opened like a latticework for him to see what was going on. Beyond the circle, the landscape of volcanic black rock looked the same as before. The mountains loomed above in the direction Wes guessed was north, and jet outcrops peppered the landscape in other directions. It was flattest to the west, if he was right about the mountains being north, and that was where Grandad was most likely to come from. The same direction as last time, in fact. Was it his imagination that there was a flat, pale face, an oval disc with inhuman features in the grey of the sky, peering down on them? Wes dropped his gaze, hoping it was just the light playing tricks. He scanned the mountains and wondered if there were parallel ridges dusted with snow, or if those were impossible fingers wrapped around the nearest peak. "'Fuck this place,' he shook his head, blinking hard. "'It's enough to drive you out of your mind. His siblings were tiny.' No, sister and cousin. Fuck. Wes took a seat on the central slab of stone, bracing himself, and watched them change. Ricky's form tore itself out of his skin, rising up off the ground in a whirlwind of coils and eyes and eel-slick power. The beast unfurled in that disturbing way, discarded human flesh flopping off the back of the gigantic monster that reared its great neck and opened four petals of serrated teeth. Wes felt it before he saw it. The approach of their grandsire, a god of the dark and chaos before the gods of Earth had learned how to talk, a monster of nightmare before the sun had been old enough to dream. Take their minds, its voice whispered in his head. Take control, give them to me, and I will give you everything. The young gods were pups before it, and if it weren't for Katie's scornful remark the first time she'd seen Grandad in all his glory, he would have given up right there. "'What the fuck is that supposed to be?' Katie had asked, with all the rude bluntness of a teenager who thought she was indestructible. "'It's like a squid fucked a dragon!' Wes blinked and looked again. "'It was an unnatural mess, something that should never have been, "'and that's all he fucking was.' a useless chimera of finned reptilian bullshit, a plateful of ditchwater calamari. Everything fucked up about his life, about their whole fucked up inbred existence, was here, in that cephalopodic cat's cradle of coils and scales and lies. In that moment, safe in his circle, Wes realised he would rather cannibalise his own kin for temporary fixes for the rest of his life than be in the old bastard's good graces, and he would rather have Katie and Ricky alive and irritating the shit out of him than not have them at all. Fuck you, Wes murmured, brimming with venom, hatred burning all the fear away. Fuck you. Their grandsire emitted a terrible sound from a tubular throat, a sharp-edged roaring shriek like a mountain screaming. It thundered around the rocks, bouncing and echoing, until Wes couldn't stand it, hands pressed tight over the stabbing pains in his ears as if the sound alone had given him an infection. Before it faded into ringing silence, the thing that was Ricky shrieked in answer, and the beast attacked. "'Wares felt the beast's mind, hot and fast, and fueled by rage. "'Beside her, the thing that was Ricky fed from Grandad's aura, "'slowing down his reactions as the beast fastened its jaws on its flank "'above the splay of tentacles and octopoid arms. "'Wares found Grandad's mind, the tiny hole his image had bored into it, "'and burrowed inside. "'As the old bastard tried to swipe the beast off, Wes tugged him off balance, tilting him. "'The beast ripped a chunk of thick flesh away, "'leaving a ragged, circular wound.' Stop! Wes heard the monster in his head, but he clung on. You had a taste of power. I can give you more. I don't want what you can give any more, Wes snarled, rage-keeping him focused. I want them, and I can take what's mine without you. Wes fastened himself deeper into those slick, slippery thoughts like a meat hook. He filled those thoughts with his own. Everything he'd been robbed of, everything he'd robbed Charlie of, the pain of forgetting, the ache of his non-existence, and the wounds tore open all at once and poured their pus into the head of that arsehole that had made him what he was. Fuck. You. You. Grandad lurched back, but Wes didn't have time to do it again, although he was far from done. He found himself winkled out, tossed away with another raw scream that nearly burst his eardrums and physically threw him off the slab, across the circle and against a monolith. Stunned, Wes pulled himself up, barely able to stand. He put his hand to his ear and it came away bloody. His head rang, the world spun, and he threw up. He missed the thing that was Ricky taking advantage, but when he looked again, it was drinking Grandad's aura down, coils fastened around the thick lizard neck, and Grandad was visibly weakening. Wes staggered to a better vantage point between two of the standing stones, the plants burgeoning around him in a protective hammock. He tried to focus on Grandad again, but couldn't get a good grip on him. Grandad, however, had a good grip on the thing that was Ricky. Despite the beast, their grandsire ripped him off like he was made of nothing. Wes couldn't shout. Nothing came out. The mass of eyes and thrashing lengths of thirsty tendrils was a smudge across his vision, and then it was gone. Wes couldn't see, an outcrop blocked his view. The beast withdrew, snarling, dancing back on clawed, fused feet. Wes let the spongy plants take his full weight, trying to focus, but Grandad was not having any of it. He opened his eyes and saw the beast sniffing the ground. He entered her head instead. It was feverish, burning up, almost too much for him to connect with. Her hate matched his. Wes saw what she saw. Ricky returned to his human form, and lying in a pool of slick mucus on the ground, new skin already nicked and scraped from the rocks. Wes felt her hunger, sharp and keen and insatiable. Their cousin's blood drew her close. Wes tugged urgently, but her mind twisted and boiled around him, impossible to hold on to. Wes tried again, but as Ricky rolled onto his side to stand, the beast's maw closed over him, and Wes couldn't stop her. Behind them, Grandad roared. The beast whirled and charged, Wears learning how to anticipate the flames of her thoughts, and he saw why she hadn't swallowed. She slashed at the underside of their gargantuan sire with her front claws, and the ancient thing bellowed. A coil wrapped itself around the beast's middle and squeezed until her body crunched and crumpled. The beast screamed, spitting its vital cargo into the great moor and folded up with petals of flesh flopping into a bud of raw, pulsing agony. Her smaller, human-passing shape slipped through the coil's grip and plummeted to the ground. Katie slid down the coil, landing with a thud and rolling out of the way, cushioned by the unfolded petals of flesh still protruding from her body like a beetle's casing. Her tail thrashed, spiked bone keeping the coils away from her, until she had the space to unfold again. Her grandsire jerked back, emitting an unholy noise. His priests swarmed from the mountains, hurling their insectoid bodies down in a rain of grasshopper joints, equine snouts and gauzy wings." The beast unfurled again, snapping at the priests and licking up a legion of them with its great tongue, crunching them to pulp in its petaled jaws. The clawed hooves reared, kicking at the coils of its adversary, but the great one was distracted. Something burst through its underbelly, a dark, round tendril, anaconda thick, strong as a tree root. Then another, and another. One ripped out of his side and Grandad roared, trying to regurgitate. The tendrils withdrew and thick, viscous fluids heaved out of Grandad's jaws. The beast leapt, shaking off the priests like so many bothersome flies. It dug its claws into the holes, narrowly missing being punctured itself by another tendril bursting out of Grandad's bucking body, and fastened its jaws into Grandad's neck. The thing that was Ricky was swelling inside Grandad's stomach, bubbles of him writhing and stretching the scaled skin the way that it did inside Ricky's human-passing torso. Wes felt it sucking at the energies pulsing through the great being. The beast felt it too. She, it, Wes wasn't sure what was appropriate anymore, clicked all the teeth lining her throat down to her second stomach and gave a bark of mirth. Greedy bastard. The beast peeled open its muzzle and all four petals sank deep into Grandad's neck, pinning him down. The claws sunk deep into the tough hide, Grandad sinking into a weakened semi-stupor, and the thing inside it burst out. The beast jerked out of the way, wrenching the head partially off the neck, ripping off a chunk of flesh and swallowing it down, grinding and mashing with a satisfied growl. Wes felt her satisfaction. This was real flesh, better than the adulterated scraps it had been living on. This was what it really craved, the meat of its ancestors— Power like it had never tasted, coursing through it and setting its blood on fire. It tore another chunk off, then another and another, as the wheezing breaths of a dying god echoed around the rocks. The thing that was Ricky was the thing with a thousand faces, insectoid eyes set deep in coils that leered and smiled with savage mouths, churned in a whirlwind of dark, visceral hunger. Its upper part rose in a tower of dark, majestic beauty. Thorny tendrils ringed its three-eyed head like a crown. Wes could feel how the beast almost hungered for a taste of him, too, but this feast was more than enough for her. Wes squirmed with jealous desire to join them. The priest scattered. The beast tore into the tenderised belly, guttoos leaking everywhere, strange organs scattered over the jagged rocks, and wolfed down more. It fared until it was satisfied and made room for the rippling three-eyed king. The last of the old god's energy drained into the gaping mouths of the coils swirling around the being that sometimes called itself Ricky Porter. They exuded a golden residue, gilding the dark form. The tendril crown glimmered, and the three central eyes stared in three directions at once, fixed upon the strange sunset that shaded the sky in a faded spectrum of vermilion through to tangerine. The beast took the flesh for itself, picking the ribs clean. The portal shimmered behind them, and Wes's exulting yell bounced off the pillars of the stone circle. The gilded king turned. The beast, the god-eater, gave a coughing bark of warning. Next to them, the third of their kind was not as intimidating, but his size was unimportant. It was also deceptive. They both occupied one form at a time. He, meanwhile, was the Legion of Chaos, embedded like fungal spores in the minds of all who saw his flickering layers deep within their waking thoughts and the fabric of their nightmares. The God-eater swallowed down the remains of the old God and folded back into itself. Claws and haunches contracted, twisting into a familiar, smaller shape, and the gilded king followed suit. Excess shed flopped and splashed around them, dripping liquid human skin." Katie shook the petaled maw back into her body like the wings of a rabid dragonfly. Ricky was looking more himself, healthier. His coils bound to the usual number of limbs and a torso, but a little of the golden sheen remained. It stuck to him in powdery patches. We only bloody did it, he murmured, staring at the carcass. Shit me! He raised his hands behind his head, cupping his back lips and exhaling slowly. Wes was beside himself, his whoops ragged and hoarse. You "'Beauties! Get the fuck over here!' Katie grinned, wincing as the rocks cut her feet. "'Ow! Sharp! Ow! Ow! Ow!' She made it over to Ricky, avoiding the splashes of Grandad all over the rocks. "'Ow!' Ricky grinned, and before she could cringe away from him, he'd grabbed her and tried to pick her up. She slipped through his grip, and he nearly dropped her on the jagged ground. When he caught her, Wes burst out laughing, drunk with relief. "'Shit!' Katie squealed and latched herself around his neck, both of them dripping with new skin mucus. This is such a bad idea. Put me down. Oh, my God. Ricky giggled wickedly and adjusted his grip and carried her to the stone circle. Katie screeched with embarrassment and every jolt. And when he dropped her, Wes wrapped her in a large bath towel. And one for you, you gorgeous bastard, Wes said, throwing another at Ricky and gripping him around the back of his neck. Ricky's gleeful laugh rebounded around the pillars, and Wes kissed the remains of their grandsire from Ricky's lips, licking the blood off his chin, broke away and swallowed. Now that was a proper meal. Katie squealed. Oi! Get your own! Yeah, yeah, that's his lot. Wes clapped Ricky on the back. Ricky grinned drunkenly at him as if he wasn't sure what had just happened. He ducked his head and wiped his mouth slowly with a towel, a flush spreading up his neck to his cheeks. Here! Katie offered Wes a chunk he hadn't noticed her carrying, a misshapen, round handful like a soft, rotten, pale-fleshed apple in her palm. He took it and immediately tore into it, his molars barely up to the task. It was rubbery and fresh, oozing juices that coursed down his throat and over his chin. It filled him up, coating his insides and seeping into his soul. Oh, fuck. Hold up, I need more of that. He broke away from them at a run and sprinted over the rocks. Here was the answer— not only the glyphs on the stones but here in the flesh of his sire the carcass was mountainous an immensity of burst juices and thick folds of otherworldly meat wes tore into it with his bare hands clawing chunks of it away and forcing it down the taste was irrelevant The muscular tissue fought with his molars and resisted chewing, so he tore off smaller bits of his teeth and swallowed them whole. He sucked the thick cooling pools of whatever had pumped through Grandad's system and drank it down, along with all the wriggling things it contained. He felt the change in himself coming over him in a storm. His glory lashed itself to his will, buckling to his control, breaking him down into molecules of pure, raw energy and blossoming into something insidious and new. Wes turned, licking his lips. Tastes good. He came back to them with sure, steady strides, the head of the family, the true face of the crawling chaos, the faceless man of blood. Come here, sis. He wrapped his arms around her, enveloped as she was in the enormous towel, and crushed her into his chest. I'm so fucking proud of you. We did it! Katie exclaimed, muffled by Wes's shirt. Her excitement radiated through him. I can't believe it! We actually did it! Ricky was breathing hard, almost panting, pale with disbelief. Wes released Katie to drag him into a hug as well. We killed him, Ricky said. Yeah. Katie tapped his bicep. Hey, how would you feel? Ricky shook his head. On fucking fire. Wes reined in his enthusiasm. Hey, really? In a bad way? No, Ricky swallowed. I feel... I feel amazing. Same. Katie examined her body beneath the towel shielding it from the boys. I feel really good. Like, finally a proper meal. Wes hesitated. You don't think we should have gone easy on the devouring bit, do you? It was far too late to think of this now. It's not going to be like in those films where you start off feeling great and then turn into, like, ravenous monsters. We already are ravenous monsters, Katie said, straight-faced, and Ricky sniggered. Wes rolled his eyes. No, but really. He was starting to worry. Something was happening to him. It was building like a wave, a growing, oncoming tsunami about to crash and break and flood him with cataclysmic power. Wes had no idea what would be swept away. A darkness scudded over Ricky's face, and he looked away as if something had just occurred to him. His brow furrowed. Wes clapped Ricky on the back, hoping to jolt him out of it, worried he would change his mind. "'Hey, let's go home and do this properly. No more grandad, no more voice, no more changes,' Ricky said. Wes froze. "'Oh, shit!' They slowly turned to look back at the mess of their progenitor. Katie glanced at her brother. You don't think... Wes moistened his lips, trying to hide the fact his whole body was burning up. Well, I don't... I don't know. But, I mean, the changes are all signs of his favour, his glory, so without him... What... what happens now? Will anyone else be able to change? Ricky shifted uneasy. I don't know. He frowned at Wes. You all right? Whatever was building inside Wes was about to burst. "'Oh, fuck, it's happening.' He moved away from them and lay down. "'I think I'm changing,' he managed, "'but his breath stopped as something ripped through every pore, "'every cell of his body, his lungs bursting, heart buffeting his ribs. "'It broke with an eruption of energy that tore through his whole frame, "'and Wes lay on the stone staring at the sky, his own ragged gasps in his ears. "'It was over in a flash, faster than the creature in the well. "'He couldn't remember his own changes from the first time, "'but perhaps they had been this quick.' He just remembered waking up on the cellar floor, his own mother unable to remember his face. "'Wes?' he heard Ricky say as he stood up slowly. "'Hey, should you be trying to stand?' "'I'm all right,' Wes said. He was better than all right. He could throw himself out of a seventh-storey window and it wouldn't matter. He'd crowd-surf over everybody below, letting his worshipping legions break his fall. They'd grind their firstborn's bones for his bread, tear their hearts from their chests and offer them to him, still beating.' He could fuck up the laws of physics. He could wreck the fabric of the cosmos. He could make constellations dance to his beat the flickering pulse of his true face and set his devotees on fire for fucking mood lighting. There wasn't a single thing he couldn't do and for a wild moment Wes wanted to do it all, wanted to return the universe to a state of unformed chaos just because he could. Then Ricky kicked him in the leg and brought him back to a reality where destroying the universe wasn't really an option or in his best interests. Ricky jerked his head at the portal. Let's get home first, then we'll worry about whether or not we fucked the family. Well, we've all fucked the family, Wes gasped and howled at his own joke. Ricky smacked him across his back, but not hard. I bloody haven't, Katie snapped, swallowing her own laughter. We deserve to go extinct, especially you. There goes your check for student accommodation, Wes said. Katie was high on blood, flesh and victory and couldn't stop laughing. Wes stared between the blooming monoliths at the massive, broken corpse on the rocky wasteland beyond. There was something zipping through his blood that hadn't been there before, something sweet and rich, setting every bit of him on fire. Grandad tasted good. Epilogue, Masters of Their Fates Masters of Their Fates is a quote from Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare, Act 1, Scene Two. First 1st of June Katie's 18th birthday was held at Fairwood, and Charlie and Hugo both agreed to come and celebrate with her. Wes didn't want his sister's big day to fall flat, so he provided the champagne, the three-tier cake and the shiny blue convertible done up in ribbons, her provisional licence in her birthday card, and the L-plates already fixed on, which won him some big brother points. He didn't mention that Theo had arranged most of it. Although Wes was almost positive Theo was no longer enthralled the true face, he just couldn't get rid of him. He'd employed him as a personal assistant while he worked out what to do. As things wound down and Carrie was clearing up, he found Ricky outside, sitting on the ground with his back against the kitchen wall. "'So that went well?' Ricky grunted. He had a glass of water, Wes noted, although he had been liberal with a beer earlier. Champagne had never been much to his taste. Wes shrugged and hunkered down beside him. They were both silent for a while, the early summer night quiet and still around them. Wes dug in his pocket. "'Can I interest you in a little something?' No. Not like that, dirty bastard. He rolled his eyes, grinning. God, sex is all you think about. Ricky cracked a smile. What then? Wes found his weed, filters and skins and started to roll. It's good. Ricky's chest heaved, his sigh barely audible. Wes patted his pockets, the joint in his mouth. Got a light, mate? The end ignited evenly, a flame lingering on the tip. Wes nearly dropped it. Shit. He irritated it and the flame died into a low smoulder. Forgot you can do that. Ricky chuckled. Messing with elemental crap won't get you in trouble with uh, him in the other world, will it? The last thing Wes wanted was another taste of that kind of magic, especially not as Theo had mentioned having his own experience. Wes didn't like the idea of Tina's mythical ancestor checking up on him. Ricky snorted. Shouldn't think so. We've done our bit. Tina Harris and her ilk can leave us alone and we'll leave what's theirs to them. Wes wasn't sure he followed that, but he left it alone for now. He took a steady hit and was reminded why he saved this strain for special occasions. Fuck. He took one more and passed it over, brushing flecks of ash off his jeans. Ricky took it off him and Wes savoured the start of the low-key mellow sensation, smoothing out the kinks in the day. What did they say then? Ricky asked, meaning Charlie and Hugo. They had both left before sunset, Charlie's birthday gift being a professional photo shoot. She'd posed Katie with her new car and in various places in the house, taking shot after shot after shot, and Wes had stayed out of her way. Wes sucked his teeth. Oh, you know, uh, Hughie thinks we could have dinner. Just me and him, you know. See if we can work through some things. He couldn't quite look Ricky in the eye. He still loves me. Ricky passed it back. Saw you talking to your girl? Wes sighed. He had managed to catch her briefly on her way to the car. She had half turned to him, preoccupied with her camera. Her eyes were bright and vivid, skin glowing with a luster he hadn't seen for years, and she'd gained weight that suited her. Her face had filled out with her figure and she looked like a new woman. He hadn't really said anything other than... I don't suppose this is the right time, but... I really miss you. Do you miss me? She had shielded her eyes from the sun and pushed her hair behind her ear. You are the whole centre of my life, Wes. And then you... Weren't I don't know how to answer that. He had let her go to the car, not sure what to say either. Ricky pulled a face. No? She don't want a a coffee or something? She said she was free Saturday, Wes murmured, remembering how the sun caught in the flames of her hair as she turned, passenger door open and shot that out like a lifeline. Wes had blushed like a debutante. Really? I think I'm ready for that. She tilted her head, the sun winking off her camera. But I do mean just to talk, and not for long. It's Mummy's birthday then, so we'll be going to dinner. Then she got in and the car rolled off and Wes was left in the driveway with a cruel shard of hope lodged in his heart. Ricky made a gruff sound of approval. Saturday. Well, that's something. Wes fidgeted, uncomfortable with Ricky giving a shit, actively trying in his blunt way. He didn't deserve sympathy. I'm sorry about the whole... about what I... uh, Wes burst out and trailed off. He meant the whole ointment debacle, the willingness to throw Ricky to the wolves if it meant he got his glory back, that Ricky had seen through him from the start. He also meant a whole lot of other things, none of which he could articulate. Ricky shook his head. Done with now. He paused. This probably goes without saying, and I didn't bring it up before because I didn't want to make a big thing of it, but I know you did it on purpose. Where's froze. The thing about fate is, it always works itself out in the end. Ricky side-eyed him. So, in a way, it doesn't matter. Whatever you did would have worked out the same. But the mistress thinks I ought to... He trailed off and waved his hand vaguely in the space between them. Look, I i felt something about it that I really didn't like. I don't know why. But I never want to feel that way again. Not because of you. Wes felt winded for a moment. He nodded slowly. No, yeah, Understood. I'm so fucking sorry. Let's forget it, Ricky muttered, cutting him off. I was willing to strangle her. He cocked his head at the house and Wes inferred he meant Carrie with my bare hands to get what I wanted and she forgave me, so... He shrugged. And it worked out this time. But I tell you this much. You ever try to fuck me over again and I live, you'll really wish you hadn't. Wes shivered, believing him. Noted and... Sorry. I really am. I know. Ricky patted him on the back, only briefly, and the atmosphere lightened. Neither of them spoke for a while. It was one of the first genuinely comfortable silences they'd shared for years, probably since the last time they got high together. At least this time it wouldn't be ruined by Wes doing something stupid like kissing him. Ricky broke the silence first. Reprobates. He relaxed against the wall. Wes blinked. What? What? "'Reprobates. What Gran used to call us. Intemperate reprobates.' He grinned. "'I like this.' Wes put an arm around him, and Ricky's muscle tone derailed his chaste intentions. "'Fuck you, workout! God! That was meant to be, like, you know, affectionate, but Christ, on a bike, is fucking solid!' "'Are you high?' Ricky asked, accusing, and they both sniggered. "'Getting there. Middle class high, is it?' "'Bitch, please!' Wes rolled his eyes. "'You don't know the half of it. I'm in a rotary club.' He stared across the garden, shaking his head. Ricky leaned his weight against him and Wes braced against the wall, draping an armour round his shoulders. He looked up. The sky was a vast expanse. And as a younger man with fewer responsibilities, he'd used to like how small and insignificant it made him feel, a reminder that nothing he did really mattered. But that was the man who carelessly shed his gift into the eyes and minds of others without knowing what it was, who had never thought much about anything other than chasing his own pleasure, and who had caused the sweetest, strongest soul he knew to plunge headlong into a lifelong addiction to his face and try to cut her own eyelids off with a utility knife. Now he saw the stars as portals peppering the sky. They couldn't fight them all if things poured out of those twinkling points and headed for them, devouring the galaxies in their way. If they were portals... Then the invasion had started billions of years ago, and the things were already here, already rushing for them through the vastness of space, and they were too late to do anything about it. He grunted, dizzy, and Ricky nudged him. Oi, you all right?" Wes blinked hard. Yep, yeah, yeah, he shuddered. Here, you have it. Ricky took the joint. What's up? Wes shook his head. I just, uh... What happens, though? If there's more of them out there somewhere, like Grandad? Wanting to get in here, Ricky savoured a longer hit and controlled a stream of smoke away from them. Well, he coughed, and Wes had to wait for him to finish. Well, if, if there's more, I guess... Ricky shrugged. Guess we just fucking eat them. Wes snorted and burst out laughing, lightheaded. Shit, mate. Ricky giggled. Wes couldn't stop grinning. Shit, we ate grandad. You absolute legend. "'Remember that time we all ate Granny Sylvia?' Ricky mused over the rim of his glass. "'Yeah, she was a bloody old bitch.' Ricky sniggered and Wes realised where he'd got that phrase from and inwardly groaned. "'Oh, great, he's rubbing off on me. Bloody perfect.' Ricky coughed, flicking Ash in Wes's direction by accident. "'Bloody <coughs> bloody tough as well.' Wes found his beer and raised it. "'To family.' "'Fuck em. Ricky passed the joint back. "'Way ahead of you,' Wes chortled over his own bad taste.' Ricky shook his head. I'm going to need you to stop making that joke, mate. Funny because it's true. No. Wes perked up. i got a story about that. No. Wes patted his shoulder, feeling Ricky flex into his hand. The man's muscles were iron. Fuck your shoulders. Bro. Right, here it is. Ready? Ricky side-eyed him. Did you just call me bro? Here it is anyway. Wes cleared his throat, determined not to answer that. So there I am at Auntie Em's. Katie loomed above them, cutting the story short. She wasn't impressed. What the fuck? I can't leave you two alone for five minutes. Birthday girl! Wes took the joint off their cousin, a quarter of it left, and offered it to his sister. Come on, since it's your birthday. I'm not swapping saliva with you two, that's gross. Katie had her hands on her hips. Wes snorted. You're not getting your own. Katie hesitated, then took it, hooking her hair behind one ear. Sit. Wes shuffled over and patted the ground between them. Come on. Ricky beckoned her over and she joined them, taking a hit that made her cough. She handed it straight back to Ricky, who patted her on the back and handed her his water glass. Hey, how's your scars? Katie asked him when she could talk. Are you feeling okay? They haven't come back, Ricky said. I feel loads better. Bit of a cure, all, ain't he, our old man? She grinned. Wes draped an arm around Katie's shoulders, his hand brushing against Ricky's bicep, but Ricky didn't seem to mind. Fuck, you're right, this is good. Ricky exhaled slowly into the night. I hope you've got more. Hey! Katie elbowed Ricky. Greedy bastard. Wes burst out laughing. Go on, one more for you, then that's it. It's strong. Katie took a deeper hit this time and breathed out slowly. She still coughed a little, but relaxed. That's it, that's your lot. Wes ruffled her hair. Happy bloody birthday. Katie shook her head, but she was smiling. Hey, Carrie! Wes patted the wall. Come and join us. He told me you were fun. Ricky turned and looked her up and down with a cocky leer. "'Course she is. This house is fit for a god.' Wes took the glass from his sister and sipped. "'I could help you out there. Furniture and stuff. "'Do you fancy a conservatory?' "'Ricky rocked back against the wall, caressing it. "'She's perfect as she is. She don't need work done.' "'I don't know. I think I used to have a conservatory.' "'You look lovely without,' Ricky said. "'But up to you. You're the mistress.' Wes grinned. "'It would be like a thank you, you know. Token of appreciation.' Ricky hit Wes with a filthy smirk, honey-edged, eyes glazed and half-closed. We'll think about it, he said. You're the master, Wes said, and the house did not correct him.